covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Walls podcast. I am Jim Bernier, a.k.a. the glorious one. Alongside me, my partner crime, 900 miles away, is Zach Kyleman. How you doing, my friend? Good to have you back on here after a little bit of a spell away. Obviously, you were on here for Turf Talk, but, you know, we got this will be the first one we're talking. Just kind of, you know, good to have you back on for some analysis-based analysis based episode, you know. Um, some people were, were, were wondering about you, so just saying. Worry about me. I had work. See, sometimes um, when there's holidays, work gets pushed back to the next day, and I couldn't get out of work in time to record to recap last week's games. Um, I'm just going to touch up on that because this is basically the preview into the, this week's games. Only we got two on the dock on Saturday night. Sure, but sure. Let's just touch up on the last games. Um, I had three coaches reach out to me, uh, two of which are head coaches. One is an assistant to just tell me that did we prove our point? Yeah, you did. Thank you for contacting me and contacting Zach to tell us that. It's our job. Our job is to mess with the screws and make you play a little bit better. But does it turn change my mentality on the season for your squad or for your team? Maybe, maybe not. But you did prove us wrong. Like we say before, me and Zach, we will eat our crow because we do when we're wrong. That is true. And to those coaches that reached out, thank you. Prove us wrong again this week or next week, no matter what. Um, but thank you for listening to us talk about the league. Thank you for caring about what we do. And most appreciate it. Yes, coaches may take it personal. Coaches may take it as just a, a normal rib. A rib is a term in wrestling for a little stab. But again, this is all respect. We love the game. We appreciate the game. But because I missed and Zach going solo in a very good show. Um, actually, I did Thank something you. today listening to the show. I had to like listen to podcasts. I'm like, hey, it's weird. Where's Jim? Oh, yeah, that's right. I wasn't on the show. I actually had that thought. I really did. <laughs> it was really surprising when I was like, where's the other guy? Oh, wait, that's me. And I didn't do it because it worked. But uh, you did a good job, made some good comments. Uh, some of them I, you know, I could say I can retort on, but that's the past. That's the past now, okay? That's fair. That's fair. But usually on our pre-shows and the final walkthroughs, we preview – our power rankings. Just going to say it. Me and Zach Pipe basically is going to say our power rankings don't change. They don't change at all. The same yeah, position. Not this week, I'm afraid. Um, because the teams that are in the top one and the teams that are in the bottom all lost. So power rankings are still the same. So that's literally that's Orlando at six, San Antonio at five, uh, Columbus at four, Albany at three, Carolina at two, and Jacksonville at one. It can still flip on the dime. It's very easy. Um, arena football is crazy. It changes like that. But speaking of week 12, uh-oh, I hear the sense. What is that sound? <gasps> Playoff scenario seasons in full effect again. Hello. Both games, big, big implications. How easy is it? Let's just say Jacksonville wins and Columbus wins. The playoff field is set. 
all four teams will clinch a position. I mean, Jacksonville, Carolina, and Albany, and Columbus will clinch postseason berths. Simple. Um, I did say Orlando was eliminated due to their loss. Technically, they're not eliminated yet, but this bye week coming up officially eliminates them as they will lose a half a game back of the fourth-place team. That will officially eliminate them from the postseason no matter what. So had people come after me and say, oh, Orlando's not eliminated yet. You're forgetting about their bye week. They don't gain ground. Usually when you're the bye week and the team ahead of you is at playing, you usually, you usually, usually 99% of the time lose a half game. So technically, you're not eliminated yet, but you're eliminated on Saturday night when by the week 12 is ended. But overall, week 12 is here. San Antonio gunslingers going to Columbus and a pivotal, crucial game three between Carolina and Jacksonville in the Shark Tank. How pivotal is that? If Jacksonville wins out and Carolina loses just two games to Jacksonville, the road to the NAL championship goes through Jacksonville. That's how pivotal these games are. We're that we're in not just playoff clinching positions. We're at whoever wins these certain games gets certain positions. That's how close we are in the, 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 this. Honestly, this week, week twelve. Does clinching positions mean more now than balance for playoff proceedings? Yes. Carolines are in. They've clinched. We've posted a graphic playoff bound. Also, they win. They beat Jacksonville this week. They wrap up the one seed. They don't have to do anything else the rest of the season. You're going to Greensboro for the NAL championship. But if Jacksonville wins, Jacksonville, Albany, and Carolina still are in the mix for the number one seed. Also, Columbus is still in there for the two seed. So week 12, it's full of a lot of things. But most importantly, if Columbus and Jacksonville win this weekend, the playoff field is set, which for us, be interesting. We already know the four teams, but for the two teams that miss, kind of stinks because one of those teams is actually pretty on the hot streak. Uh, ran, out of, ran out of gas last week in San Antonio. But also, uh, before we go to week 12, San Antonio, 4,762, I think is the number I heard for the attendance. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Arena football can succeed, not just in Jacksonville. Orlando proved it two week, last week, and San Antonio proved it. It can work. Now let's get the vibes in Carolina. Let's get the vibes in Albany again. Get it going. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say, you think it's fun, cool now and fun now? Get ready for the playoffs and get ready for an offseason. Get ready for 2023. It's going to be a crazy time for arena football. But for San Antonio fans, much respect. Football can succeed. Like I made a quote on another league. Spring football was just proven that it can be successful. Look at the 44,000 people that showed up for the USFL game this past weekend. It can be successful. Arena football can also be successful because one reason, it succeeded before. Go out there, support. San Antonio showed it. Jacksonville showing it every single week. Orlando props. Season's over in Orlando, though. No more home games. But still, they had near 8,000, almost over 8,000. They had the largest attended crowd this year in the NL. I've seen a comment in the chat. It's like, wow, and inside the Walls podcast, so it's going to be mad about the attendance number. No, I'm not. Orlando has that crown this year. Congratulations. Finally, someone besides Jacksonville has the highest attendance. 
Yeah, and I really why. appreciate that. That's I don't know why anyone would be mad at that. I mean, that's maybe maybe it's also because Jacksonville brought about 200, 300 fans with them. It's not that far a commute. I didn't make the trip though, but still, it's no, mad I mean, props to have to the Casey, uh, the organization Orlando, John Wayne. Hell of a performance of getting the fans in the stands. And I expect next week's game, not this week's, next week's game, when Sharks travel to San Antonio to be even bigger. So I'm really excited to see that game, see how San Antonio wraps up uh, their home state slate with the Jacksonville Sharks. But, Zach, that's it for me for week 11. I know I may ruffle some favors. I know I may be the glorious one to some. Also, I may be hashtag, I saw this. Hashtag Duvalians by a listener of ours on the chat. Oh, I, see. Uh, I, see. I saw that. Uh, thank you. That wasn't me, um, but it was a hashtag Duvalians. Um, again, we still don't understand why we're called Duvalians, but still, we'll take it. We'll love it um, because in our NFL team, we don't want to talk about. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, let's get into two crucial games, and we'll get to the game that's actually less significant first which is kind of ironic, which is the Jacksonville Sharks hosting the Carolina Cobras. The reason why it's less significant is because San Antonio is fighting to get a playoff spot and Columbus is trying to clinch a playoff spot. Those are not less significant. Jacksonville, Columbus, Jacksonville, Carolina. Jacksonville needs to do an epic fail to miss the postseason right now. They have a two-game lead over the four seed, and there's four games remaining, and two a – two, uh, or three games remaining and two of the three at home. So they need to, you know, flop on their face to miss the postseason. But anyways, let's go to the Shark Tank. Where are the, can I do it? Okay. Duvalians will be there live in Prowl Star Wars night. First 1,200 fans that get lightsabers. Oh. I might get one. Well, I, saw I might the tie, be the one. I saw the TIE Fighter jerseys they're going to be giving off for auction. Those uh Yeah, yeah. Those no, pretty it's, snazzy. It's, it's dude, uh, Steve Curran, Steve Chitola, the owners of the Jacksonville Sharks and the operation, how they do their promotions are crazy. That's how in Jacksonville, uh, the Star Wars nights, always one of the most popular nights uh, for the fans. Lightsabers, I think they have. Uh, I think they said they're going to get Kylo Ren coming this time around. Kylo Probably, Ren. Uh, or uh, Han Solo. Some characters are going to show up. So if you're in Jacksonville, Star Wars night, bring your kids, go visit some of the characters. So it's going to be cool. But the dark side it's strong this time around. That is the Carolina Cobras, led by Malik Henry. <laughs> um, fascinating storyline coming in. Fascinating storyline indeed, because here's the reason. The reading football game's crazy. Look at Jackson. We have Mike Faithful as a backup. He was the starting quarterback in Albany week one. Malik Henry was the starting quarterback for week one for the Jackson Short. Now in Carolina, things just move around. But one thing you have to look at last week's game with Carolina is how inefficient Malik was. It's the best I've seen Malik all season. He looked calm, collective, making good reads. Of course, the weapons galore he has. Holy crap. Um, Carolina did not miss a beat. Now the scenery changes. The Shark Tank. Malik returns back to the Shark Tank. Jacksonville. First time over 500 this season. No, we have the sights of a home playoff game in reach. Possibly a return of a player. Healthy returned player. 
Just a little bird told me that a couple hours ago, by the way. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I could see if it's the one I'm thinking, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I could see him returning. Yeah. Um, but this is a game that the tale of two games, both games between the Cobras and Sharks this year in Carolina came down to their last possession. Came down to a defensive stop and a turnover. Both games. I see that again here in Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville taking advantage of this one. But here's a hint to everyone. I'm not taking Jacksonville twice between Carolina. They're going to split because these two teams are destined to meet somewhere. Not going to jinx it, but destined to meet somewhere. Um, I'm looking for a game that's going to be intensive, exciting. I know Coach Rez want to come in and Duval and shut up Jim, uh, of course. Um, I'm Coach Rez, I'm definitely going to meet you when you're in town. So probably pregame I'll come down and talk to you. Uh, that's there if you go. Allows me on the field. That's if he allows me on the field. <laughs> um, but keys to this game for Carolina. What you just did to the best defense in the NAL, bring that to Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville, I've stated before, and all season long, you're not going to stop them. you got to outscore them. You just outscored and completely demolished Carolina, Columbus's defense. Bring that same attitude. Bring that, bring that Holy Henry. You do that, you win this game easily. I just think, as a fan, this is just the Sharks' time to wrap up a playoff berth in front of a sold-out, near not sold-out, but a look at the pre-sales. It looked like they have about 6,400 pre-sale tickets already sold. It should, be jam-packed in the, it should be jam-packed in the tank. I mean, it's that's not yeah, I don't, unexpected. You know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be an issue, honestly. I think the crowd's going to be there. I think the fan base is going to be there. I think the energy is going to be there. I think the Sharks, in my opinion, because of their offensive ability, will be one step ahead of Carolina and eventually win the game towards the end. Close, one possession, maybe two possession game. It's going to be a lot of similarities between both games in this one because it's Jacksonville, Carolina. It's basically basically what you said what Jacksonville, Carolina is. They are the steps stepchild of Jacksonville. They are Jacksonville 2.0. Basically, every player that's played in Carolina won championships in Jacksonville. Not all of them, but most. Um, but I think it's the same mentality, the same approach by both, both teams, both organizations. I think it comes down to, again, like you mentioned, you jinxed the greatest jinx of all a couple of weeks ago with Arvell Nelson. Oh, he's he's going. He's due for one bad interception, and he throws that one bad interception against. Well, the I mean, I mean, if I'm being <laughs> honest, last week I, I hope he got all that of his system because, uh, you know, throwing yeah. three picks is not going to win you many games. The fact they're lucky that they are facing an Orlando team that also equally cannot finish games this year, and that was Matt Parsons' first night back under the driver's seat for the Preds. So, agreed. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, there's your. I mean, there's your in for the. Cobras to take one, you know, basically who, which QB is going to play the smartest football? Because I mean, Malik's also been prone to mistakes this year Had a really good game against the lions priest actually really solid, arguably his best one of the season overall uh, utilized all his weapons to his advantage, to his disposal, you know, took shots where needed, took yeah. passes where needed that were in the vicinity to let his players make the plays and the open field. Uh, that's what you want out of him. We talked about it. So who plays the smartest football? That's all you can ask. Because I'll tell you, Jacksonville's defense, since we last talked about these two meeting, they've also wised up. They've gotten, a, I'd say they've gotten better in recent weeks. Yeah. Um, 
But I'm going to say that key of the game, two keys of the game. It's actually two players. DJ Myers, Naquan Murray. There you go. Whoever whoever has the bigger game wins. And I know a lot of people don't want to say this. I, I heard it on another podcast earlier this week about Naquan. Um, he's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. And maybe he's one, maybe the, some people are saying the best receiver in the league, but how he's developed into that. Since Devin went down, he's been taking that role and even excelling. Um, no one knew Naquan beginning of the year. And we are we were we are already talking about D, uh, Devin Wilson and Rob Jones. Naquan, I said on this show, watch out for Naquan Murray, Nooney Murray. He's going to do something. He did something. Wilson went hurt, and he stepped up. He took a big role. Same as DJ Myers. This week's Iron Man of the Iron Man of the Week for the National Arena League. That man, he had what one game off that mm-hmm. he took. They say he was injured. I think he took the day week off. Gave him a bye week. Comes back the next week, and it's DJ Myers that we've seen in Orlando and what we've seen there in Carolina. Um, it's going to be about who, what quarterback gets their man the ball. If Naquan's on fire in Jacksonville and fans are in the game, it's going to be a nice, exciting, energetic crowd, rivalry type of matchup feel between two teams that are basically are even if you look at the overall stands. I think either Carolina or Jacksonville has a one-game lead in the all-time series. These teams are even with each other. And, of course, for DJ, if Henry plays like he did last week and Lance Evans, James Summers, Kendrick Ains, and DJ Myers are getting the ball and getting the rock and doing everything, and T.C. Stevens is doing his thing, hey, Caroline's winning. But another seeker weapon is Jacksonville's new kicker who was yep. making deuces galore last week, Nick Lancher. Mm-hmm. Um, when I made a statement last week, I called out, and it's like, Jacksonville's not the best team. It's not been. It's not the, the team that's on fire. Well, they've won six out of their last eight games, and yeah, they're winning ugly, but now they're finding their special teams. Arabelle Nelson is playing well, and someone made a good comment on one, I think, one of our videos or even our Twitter. Does Arvell Nelson have a have a argument for being this MVP of the NAL because of what he's done with the Jacksonville Sharks since he's came into Jacksonville? I mean, I think I think that's a case. Um, five and one as a starter. Yes, but I also weigh full season a little bit more, which is Same why here. credit Jonathan Bain a little bit. It's a little bit un- concern on if he's his season's going to end. Um, honestly. I mean, shoot, it's going to kind of be a toss up because really Bain's length of the year. I think Nelson, maybe I think I would say as a case, um, I'm actually going to throw Sam Castronova in there for recent weeks has made a bold move on that one as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it really depends because honestly, if Bain's healthy right now, I'm still sticking with him. But, you know, with him being out now, going to be going on two weeks and who knows how long at this point, Um it's sounding like it might be playoffs that he'll be back for at the very, at the very latest. So, you know, it wasn't as severe as what I'm trying to say, but. Would it, would it not shock you if the MVP this year is a receiver? I think in my right next scene with Ben got hurt. I think now it's either Darius Prince or DJ Myers for the taking. Well, I mean, that it's That's possible. Now I do. My vote would be print. That's print my, right my thing with receiver picks. You know, and this is kind of good. And I, I love, I do agree. Like Darius Prince, you know, you have Darius Prince, DJ Myers, you know, uh, Naquan Murray to me is my rookie of the year, by the way. So if those, if you guys want me to 
give a selection. That's who I've got rookie of the year wise. Um, generally, if you look at the NFL, a lot of the people they talk about when it comes to receivers, it's about, well, who's, who's throwing to them, you know, and all that, which generally it goes to then a quarterback backtracking. And it's also why I'm switching to QB just because, you know, arena kind of that the offense is almost all on it, on their arms. So maybe, um, I think Prince, at least, you know, you have for offensive player of the year. I think he definitely is a good candidate. Um, Iron Man of the year. I think there's a few options you can go with. And quite frankly, to me, you know, MVP is one thing. I actually think the Iron Man to me is a little more coveted than the MVP in this league, just because that just shows you have skills on all sides of the ball. So, you know, no offense. It doesn't take away from most valuable, but I think with Iron Man now having its own award this season, um, I think it's just that bit more special than the MVP. I'm not like, I consider that the MVP just in my personal opinion, but I could be wrong. Um, We'll find out. I, I will say Prince and Myers, at least more Prince is, in, I think, in line for at least the offensive player of the year. I think even Nate Murray, you can make that argument, too. If you wanted to put that in there, not just rookie of the year, but also in that field of view in terms of production. Um, if I also well, throw, sorry, throw yeah, I'm sorry I, to throw you a curveball, but this is a well, conversation. No, well, look, that, it's the final quarter of the year. So this, this conversation, yeah. we're going to have a little more and more. So, you know, I, you're keeping me on my toes. But honestly, this is this is my well, genuine that. eval. So. Yeah, that's my email. That's my general. I missed an episode. I got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it. Trust yeah, me. Next week, they'll be like, where's Zach? I can't deal with Jim for a freaking three well, episodes. Well, you aren't week. wrong because <laughs> next week I will be unavailable all week. Um, exactly. I, I've been, uh, no, I'm serious. I've been needing a vacation. Um, I, for those out there, I am going to, I'm going to be gone for 10 days uh, out in Ireland across the pond. Hey. Um, a little bit of kind of a, mom and son trip out there so um i am i might be available for at least one show um based on scheduling of our said guest i actually kind of don't want to miss this one so that's why i'm gonna see if i can make it work otherwise uh yeah it's it's probably gonna be mostly me not available next week just to just to get that out of the way early so none of you are freaking out where the hell i'm at um yeah yeah, I mean, but um, if anyway, that's a good tease for next week's guest. You know, we had a great one with DJ Myers on yesterday. Um, and we'll have another awesome guest, uh, high profile in the league that we're going to get this coming Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Like I said, hopefully I'll get to jump on. I, I think I can with the time difference. If I calculate it right, I think I can make that one at the very least. So we'll see. That's early in the morning for you, would it that be? About six hours. If we record it if, we, if you record at six that's midnight for me i should be chilling out somewhere at that point so hopefully you're not you know drown yourself in guinness my friend i don't think i <laughs> maybe or maybe i'll well that'll also determine if i'm on too if i i, I i'm not gonna trust me well yeah, okay. i i ain't gonna jump on to an official podcast and uh make bad decisions is what i will be saying let me tell you something brother <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get a call from chris on my phone, six hour difference, me waking up in the morning going, what the heck? Oh, knowing him, he'll, he'll know, knowing him, he'll call and go, what type of stuff you're drinking? Rigs up over. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, I forgot. Did I do my pick? Who I have winning the game? No, I was, well, I was going to say, look, my only things with this contest, um, like we talk, it's, it's really who plays the smart, who really plays the smarter ball behind center. Um, you know, like I said, Arvell Nelson, rough week last week, but it is the Preds, you know, they do play them. Those two play each other tough. Um, 
And then I think uh, besides that, you know, what version of the Carolina defense do I see too? Because that was a different, that was a much different defensive performance than I was expecting from the Cobras as of late. So, you know, they came up, they showed up and they played, played tough in the second half, shut down Columbus entirely and just ran away with it. So can they do that against Jacksonville? A little harder of a task. We'll find out if that's possible. Um, for me, though, I'm actually going to go with the Sharks on this one. Something else that's a factor to me uh, that I'm going to add into this, Malik does have to go into the Shark Tank. Um, last week, he did have home field advantage to get comfortable with. Uh, this time, though, he's got to go into a hostile environment. I want to see how he handles that with 6,000-plus screaming Sharks fans who now also have, you know, a little, it's a little, little personal history now with the earlier part of the season. So, I mean, you know, got someone coming back in now on your, on one of the rival esque teams with the Cobras. So uh, I don't know. I got the sharks here part is the, but I do believe it's going to be a split. So I guess unless something changes, you can mark me down for a Cobras win later in the season in the second matchup. Well, I did say that sharks were going to split against Carolina. I think, when, when the, the, the dust is settled, I think Jacksonville is one of the four teams. I don't think they'll be the one that's hosting the playoffs throughout the postseason. But do they win it in Jacksonville this time around? I think they do. Uh, I think it's going to be similar games that we've seen before in Carolina, a close one-score game. I think Malik Henry makes that mistake, that Jacksonville capitalizes on it, and I think Arvell Nelson doesn't make that mistake and leads the Sharks to a victory. Um, but I do think the season finale game could be a, a matchup between two teams that have already wrapped up positions and actually win or loss may not even determine where they go. So it could be one of those games where, hey, throwing faithful, throwing these guys, give them time. Um, but that's in that's in three weeks. Holy crap, the season's almost over. But anyways, it's, it's uh, but yeah, on this. it's coming. Up um, yeah. So that's going to be that's going to be an interesting, um, interesting feel. So I got the Sharks winning close one again against the Carolina Cobras. But let's go to the game that is the most intriguing this weekend. That is the San Antonio Gunslingers traveling to the Columbus Lions, where we can honestly say that the San Antonio Gunslingers are under elimination this week as well. Um, again, I stated before, if Columbus wins, they clinch a playoff spot. If Jacksonville wins, they clinch a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, if Columbus wins, Albany clinches. If Jacksonville and Columbus win, all four teams clinch. But this week, it's in the confines of the um, almost said Charlotte Civic Center. That could be a completely different area, completely different state. Thank you, college football expansion rumors. You've given me freaking Charlotte, Atlanta, whatever. But this is the NAL. Um, (laughs) They're in the Columbus Civic Center. Um, taking on the with Lions taking on the gunslingers. Speak English. One one with the word. Enunciate. Um, enunciate. Uh, one of the most. I got to give props to San Antonio again. Last week's game was a hard fought game. Um, Albany went out there with honestly guns firing. Couldn't big stop every time Albany had the ball. They scored and San Antonio just couldn't keep up with them this time around. Um. Dark Horse MVP, Robert Kent, how he has just stabilized that team in San Antonio has made them very competitive each and every week. They really haven't been blown out by any team since he's been there. But overall, going to Columbus, a very hostile environment. Columbus, wake-up call. 
Defense didn't show up. Offense kind of stuttered, but knowing Jason Gibson and knowing the organization of Jason Gibson, they're going to get some things situated um, this week in practice, and I think you're going to see a team completely focused. Offense, I think, is going to gel. I think their defense is going to be solid. And I think Columbus fans could be ready for a big weekend uh, with the energy and excitement of the game. Um, for me, I think Columbus is just a better team. I think they're more prepared. Gibson is very good after – I hate to say it, but they're very good after losses. Uh, very rarely you have back-to-back losses for a Jason Gibson team. He did this year, but you had bye weeks in between them. Yeah. Um, so it, it was very hard. Like a loss, oh, I've got to sit down. Loss, got to sit down. Um, but he said in our interview we had a couple of weeks ago, um, early in, almost two months ago, where he says that <laughs> it's very hard when you lose and you go on the bye week because you got to, you got to deal with that bye week for two weeks except for one. Um, but overall, uh, it, what happened last week in Colum- uh, Carolina was completely a shell shock to me and you. We both thought, I said, Coach Rez hasn't been a Gibson team. Coach didn't Rez just didn't beat Gibson this week. He took him out to the barnyard. They beat the brakes uh, but, off the Lions. That's yeah, what that's what um, happened with the Cobras this week. They beat the brakes off of them. Two but, weeks in a row, by the way, that defense hasn't it hasn't played up to snuff two straight yeah. weeks in a row now. So a little concerning for me. That that was kind of surprising to see two back to back weeks in the in a row. San Antonio is a good def- a good team, very solid. The first game was a exciting once possession game in San Antonio week two. Um don't take offense, San Antonio, but you're kind of a downgrade from Carolina Albany overall. You have great talent everywhere. It's just that I think Carolina Albany are just better. They are better teams. Look at the records. Um, but right now, you're going to see a test. San Antonio has to travel the rest of the way, Columbus and Albany. It's must win for them. They can't afford a loss at all now. A lose eliminates them. Uh, a win keeps them alive uh, for another week. Um, and then next week they're under elimination again for against the Jacksonville Sharks. They have to literally win out to uh, uh, to excuse me. They they're hosting the Sharks. They they're not traveling to the Sharks. They're hosting the Sharks. So I re, you know redact that last message. Um, but overall, this game is going to be key for some odd reason. In Columbus, the Lions just Gibson is just that coach that you don't see back to back bad weeks. I think you're going to have something not just massive happen in Columbus. I think you're going to have a situation where you're going to have a, a team more focused on this game. Like, Hey, we got to wrap up a playoff spot. Let's do it now. So we can have the extra couple of weeks to, you know, put some new things in to make new additions or try to, you know, focus more on winning a championship set for God, we got to, you know, we have to win this game to Clint. Now, now we're backs up against the world. We got to win out. I think Columbus takes care of business in Columbus in their home stadium this week against San Antonio. I love you, San Antonio. Great support. You guys are doing well. But I just, for me, it's just I can't count out Coach Gibson. The NAL tradition, ladies and gentlemen, is the National Arena League. Columbus Lions always make the playoffs. That's literally the the headline below the logo because they've never missed a playoffs in the league, and I don't think it's going to start now. I think they wrap up that playoff spot this week against San Antonio. You know, I, I do want to see how the gunslingers respond because they had been on a hot streak, started to finally creep back into the playoff conversation as of the week prior. And I was kind of thinking that might, that maybe that was going to continue again. I, I picked San Antonio to get a win last week. And so, you know, Albany flipped the script and, you know, here we are gunslingers. Now we're back on the brink fully this time. 
uh, really is a necessary win now credit and they don't get to go and have home field advantage. They've had, that's something that they had a luxury of in that three in that part of that, in that three game winning streak is that they've been able to rally behind that crowd at Freeman, see it grow. Um, and I think they're hoping they can come back and get a even larger crowd growing again. If they can get this win against Columbus in the civic center this time, um, my main deal is, you know, can you, can you limit your mistakes that you had against Albany, which, you know, make sure drives finish, make sure that you don't have unnecessary turnovers. It felt like Robert Kent took kind of half a step back last week on some regards, but I also give credit to the empire secondary for slowing down what San Antonio had been doing in recent weeks. So Marvin Ross and company, they stepped up, you know, question is, can they take advantage of some of the, some of the lulls that have been going on with the Columbus lions? And we're going to find out, I think, I think it might have a shot, although Jason Gibson going to assume knowing that the importance of this one, I think that the Lions are going to come out their best at home in this instance, uh, two weeks in a row of poor defense, Dame Daniels as well. Uh, he's going to, I mean, that guy, him running the, running the defensive unit, I imagine two weeks in a row of giving up 60 plus points is not uh, really what you want to be preaching on the other side. Remember, you know, Darian Townsend said they want to be giving up no more than 50. And that is clearly not what's been going on. Uh, so they're going to be trying to get back to basics. They do have the home crowd again on their side. Um, and honestly, Daniel Smith, you know, he's, he's been solid, but I mean, I'm not, you know, Wait, I, I was just going to make this not really like, it's not really an assumption. It's more of a observation. Look at, look at the two teams. You have Darian Townsend scat back type of receiver on on San Antonio's side you have Kali Rashad all uh, Columbus side he had Jamar Fortson San Antonio's side you have Philip Barnett oh my god how similar is that <laughs> you have two guys who you got two kickoff returners who they're a weapon they get the ball to kickoff and you have two bigger receivers that can take a punishment that can go up the middle that can make the big hit on defense right. and make a stable opponent you know, like, you, have you studied against Phil Barnett? I have. Guy's a beast. Forts in the same way. It's, these are not no skinny little, uh, what, 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 what your mother used to say, like, tooth, you look like a toothpick, eat a burger or something like that. Toothpick. <laughs> right. um, toothpick. No. <laughs> uh, now you, you, you got to look at the two quarterbacks. You have uh, Robert Kent and you have Smith. Um, Robert Kent has that advantage, but you look at the overall team itself, that's in my opinion. You look at the overall team itself. Columbus has more weapons on offense and has a better defense than San Antonio. I just lean towards Columbus. It's home. And I think just trusting Gibson is like the Belichick way. You can't count out Gibson in the playoffs, especially in the NAL. That's my side of it. But that's just an observation. Now, their two main weapons on offense or their four weapons on offense are very similar in size and build and style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, like I said, I think when you have the importance of this contest, uh, you have Gibson, who's a little bit more experienced in this scenario for me. And again, I, I don't think, I just don't see Dame Daniel having three straight performance, having three straight coach performances in this regard of giving up 60 points. You know, it's possible, you know, that offense that San Antonio has, they've been on a tear up until last week. So it's not the question. I just don't see it three times in a row with the personnel that they have and what they've been able to accomplish this year, having that happen again, time will tell. I do have the lions though, in this one, just based on the experience in this situation. Um, 
no slight to San Antonio. They're going to put up a good fight. And quite frankly, they're building a lot of positivity to next year. That fan base and kind of keeping the energy going is what's important right now. Um, playoffs. I mean, with the switch ownership to playoffs were, if you can get there, awesome, but it was about establishing a fan base, which you've so far it's right now accomplished. Mission seems to be getting accomplished right now. So great. Um, but if you can get a win and I think it'll be an upset win to me. Awesome. I just think it's a little hard when you have an experienced coach on the opposite side that I just don't think you're going to see three straight losses with a Jason Gibson run roster. Yeah, I completely agree. But San Antonio, to fill to the guys on the Smoking Guns podcast, you guys have something. You got an or, you got an organization and Freeman Coliseum. How it looked like this past week. That's what we need. It's a great example of how football can be successful. No, no disrespect about the, this week's loss that we're predicting to the Columbus Lions. But overall, Zach mentioned it on Wednesday. I'm mentioning it today. Thank you for 100 subscribers to the Inside the Walls podcast YouTube page. Now it's official. You can find us at Pod on YouTube. Yep. Everywhere. Pod everywhere. Um, so today, Friday night, around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, me and Zach will have a 5-10 minute video of announcing who wins the two tickets to the NAL game. We'll tag you. I'm trying to find you on as much social media as we can to tag you, or if you see this video, reach out to us, and we'll DM you the information of the games that you want to go get to. Most likely, it'll be next week's games or the following week's games because, of course, what happens if you live in Virginia and you win tickets to a Jacksonville game? There's no way you're going to get there tomorrow night right? unless, you, unless you're a Mr. MVP and have your own private plane. But anyways, um, but yeah, we'll do an announcement. You get reached to us, and we'll – Hook you guys up with two tickets to uh, NAL action for the final two weeks of the season, possibly a playoff game if we can and pull some strings, if we can do that. But anyways, remember, you can find us on any social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and NationalArenaLeague.com. Um, you can follow us at NWalspod on Twitter, NWalspod on YouTube. It's easy. NWalspod everywhere. It's in our description. Link's in our description. Remember, thank you for 100 subscriptions. It took a year to do that. Actually, it took less than a year. Um, it took about. I was going to say, it was pretty. Say, we did a pretty good job getting it to this point. Let's keep building yeah, that momentum, uh, guys. Uh, it, took, it took us 12 weeks to get here. 12 weeks, 12 seasons, or uh, six months, wherever it is. But thank you. Appreciate it. That's Zach Colliman. I'm Jim Renier. This has been episode 59 Inside the Walls Final Walkthrough, week 12 preview. Enjoy your games this Saturday. Be safe. See you next week. And before we leave, Remember one thing, keep your eyes on the prize and don't be a Jack out of the box. Cause that could cost you a playoff position. Mm-hmm. And also FSU, the sec confirmed. Thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> Eliza Jones. See ya.